as you can see, we have a lot of fun in North Korea. Uh, this year uh, marks about 30 years of uh, me going in and out of North Korea, taking teams in, doing business, and doing some relief work in North Korea. <coughs> Even though North Korea seems to be a closed country, um, Lord has been opening doors for uh, many of our teams to go in and bless the people there. So New Life has been partnering with us, sending teams, and this year we are taking a team again. So if, you, if the Lord is uh, stirring in your heart today, uh, go to North Korea, then come and talk to us, and we'll be happy to take uh, you to North Korea with us. Um, Chelsea, who just uh, shared her testimony, uh, it's an amazing testimony, actually. She, the Lord has put uh, Korea in her heart, and it was so vivid and so real. She didn't want to forget about uh, her calling to North Korea. So uh, if you ask her to show her um, secret tattoo that she uh, tattooed Korean Peninsula right here on her right wrist. So every time when she eats, she can remember uh, God's love for Korea. So uh, ask her uh, later in the service. But uh, today, today's title is um, Go New Life. Uh, God is calling you to neighbors, to nations. And that's the title. And uh, we want to look at uh, Matthew, two, ch- uh, two passages in, in the Bible. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. And also uh, Matthew chapter 5, 13 and 16, uh, which is in your study guide. Um, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain, uh, mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said, said uh, to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. This is the first um, great commission calling, not only to the disciples, but present day for us. And of course, this was not a new calling. This was a calling that was already uh, spoken out to God's people many, many hundred years ago uh, to Abraham. Abraham was called, in, as you can uh, imagine, in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, you know, God says to Abraham, Go, I will bless those who you bless, and I'll curse those who you curse. And then uh, that, that calling, Abraham calling, uh, continued on down the generations, and it came to, to uh, disciples of Jesus, and it came on to us. The next uh, ver- uh, verse we can find is chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under the people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let, let the light shine before others. Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good work and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. I remember uh, traveling in Israel. A lot of cities are on the hill, and city on a hill cannot be hidden. And you and I, as the follower of Jesus Christ, we're not supposed to be hidden uh, in the world. We are supposed to be visible, and yet be hidden under the spirit of Jesus Christ so that people will see us and say, wow, God is with that person. And that's what this really means. We've got to be salt and light of the world as we walk in the presence of the Lord. You know, I thought a lot about uh, uh, this week's teaching on going. And going uh, really means uh, yielding to God's Spirit. And what does it really mean, yielding to God's Spirit? And I think uh, it's, it's more of a falling in love with God every day. Falling in love with God. How do we fall in love with God? You know, when you know uh, His love for you and for you and for you, it will, God will speak to you every day in the morning, uh, waking up. If you turn your ears to God, He will say to you, My daughter, my son, I love you. That's why you're here. You're not an accident. And I love you just as you are. That's how God is speaking to us. I heard uh, as I was studying um, in seminary, I did a paper on uh, the Korean churches. And one of the uh, statistics that, uh, that we know is that Koreans have one of the highest rating in church-going rate until high school. Upon graduating from high school, uh, in, in the college and after college, the, up to high school, we have up to 80% of people going to church. And then uh, when you go to college and graduate from college, uh, that statistic comes down to 5%. That's really uh, just shocking uh, statistic. Why is so many people going to church up to high school and then uh, stop going to church after high school? Well, we figured that up to high school, your parents drag you to church. And then uh, when you go to university, you have that freedom. You go, you leave home, and you now have a choice. And many of, many of the people choose to just sleep in rather than coming to church. Why is that happening? Because church is not relevant to them. When Bible says, I love you, and the Lord says, I love you, you are not a mistake. How do we internalize that? How do we know that it is truth for me? Well, that's what uh, we are talking about today. Why does God want to send his people to the nations and to neighbors and to the people in, uh, all over? Because God loves us. You know, uh, I grew up as 
uh, as a Christian from 15. I met Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and then I walked with Him ever since. But there was a turning point in my life that uh, God was more than just a God that I believed in. There was a turning point where God became my lover. It was uh, 2008, 2009, around that time when I was in China and doing North Korea ministry. And I loved it so much. People were coming from all over the world to walk, walking with us, to travel with us to North Korea. We're feeding thousands of kids in North Korea. We're doing a lot of uh, good work and very busy. And suddenly one day, uh, my uh, invitation to North Korea uh, was being stopped. I couldn't go into North Korea anymore. For uh, about two years, this went on. And uh, around six months into this uh, wilderness period, we were worshiping in Beijing in our center. And the Lord was asking in the middle of worship, the Lord is asking, Peter, do you love me? And uh, he directed me to, to a verse in Psalm 25, 14. Uh, it says, Friendship of the Lord is reserved for those who fear him. He shares the heavenly secrets or covenants with him daily. And uh, as I'm meditating on this, the Lord uh, revealed to me that I was serving him just as a master and I was not really enjoying him as my friend and lover. The Lord is asking you this same question to you this Sunday morning. Uh, do you think it's a uh, coincidence that you got up and you came to church? No, the Lord is saying, you're here because I love you I love you, and I want to communicate with you. We believe in this, uh, this kind of God. We don't believe in a religion. We believe in a relationship who created the universe, who cre created you and I to have a personal relationship together. So we have to internalize this truth. God who loves me so much wants to have relationship with me. That's why he wants me to go. Well, after many days of just uh, praying and praying, when Lord started to ask me, Peter, do you love me? Or do you love your ministry more? Uh, I paused and I started to think and try to give ex excuses. Lord, you know me. You, you, don't you want your children to get fed in North Korea? Don't you want your people to come and bless the nation of North Korea? Why don't you use me more? He doesn't answer me. After a few days of worshiping again, the Lord softly speaks to me again. Peter, do you love me? And when the Lord asks you the same question like this again and again, you better watch out. He has some other motives. He wants to go deeper into your heart. Well, he asked me again, and I tried to give an excuse. And then several days later, he asked me the same question again. 
and I realized what he was getting at. He was getting at my heart. He is getting at your heart. He is saying, my son, my daughter, do you love me with all your heart? And I could not answer him. I loved my ministry so much that it overtook my love for him. And tears started to come through my heart. And then uh, the soft spots, the weak things, the lies started to come to me. You know, um, you don't speak well. Uh, you're not professionally tra- trained. You are uh, not really good at North Koreans doesn't want you anymore. And a lot of lies will come to you as well. As you try to share people, oh, I don't know Bible enough. Oh, I don't speak eloquently. And these words were in the Bible as well. When Moses was called, he said, Lord, I stutter. I don't know how to talk. And the Lord says, well, I know. I created you. I created your mouth as well. And when Jeremiah uh, was called, he says the same thing to God. God, I don't know how to speak. I don't know where to go. And the Lord says, you just trust me and I'll walk with you. You know, uh, in YWAM, we, uh, we, are very, we, make try, we try to make things very personal and practical. If we, the, uh, if we make everything uh, just stay in our, whatever we learn, stay in our head, then we just uh, become head, big, head knowledge and then bigger in, my, in our heads. But when our knowledge becomes sink into our hearts and become an action, it can do powerful things. Some say the longest distance between one place to another is head to heart. And the Lord wants to get to your heart today. And uh, when the enemy says, hey, you cannot do this. Your life is not all aligned together with God's, uh, God's heart. How can you preach the word? Oh, you have sinned. Oh, you have secret sins in your life. And the Lord, uh, you can't do Lord's work. God doesn't work that way. God works in an amazing way. God already has died for your sins and my sins. And with inadequacy, we reach out to people and they get to see the sweetness of Jesus Christ. So uh, the fourth thing uh, in going is uh, when, we do, when we yield to God, uh, we do it with, with uh, love of God. You know, um, Matthew talks about loving God with all our heart, all our souls, and all our strength. And when we do that, the Lord adds all these thing, things to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. God is speaking to you and me today. What are you seeking? Are you thinking about the food that you're going to have after lunch, after uh, the service? The Lord is saying, focus on one thing, loving God. And the, that's number one commandment. Number two is loving yourself. 
loving, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself. As we do that, we become doers. We become uh, not just the hearers, but we, we become doers of uh, this. Like, uh, I remember um, in 2009, as we fell in love with God more and more, and God speaks to us more and more, and we decided, our family decided to go to uh, Kona uh, as a, a family sabbatical year, and we did not have much money, so we decided to write letters to friends and uh, um, our friends uh, started to just help us out a little bit, but it was uh, going to Kona, the airfare was so expensive from Beijing, China. So one of our friends who works in airline, he said, well, Peter, I have uh, an idea. Why don't I come? I can uh, come to Beijing and pick up your family and uh, we can bring you to Vancouver, and then we can, I can uh, fly you to uh, Kona, Hawaii. And I said, oh, that's a great idea. But it, I did not realize how hard it is to fly on a standby pass. Some of you who work in the airline, you know how hard is, is it to fly on a standby pass, especially on a, a Christmas and New Year time. Well, uh, our family started on this journey. And, uh, of course, we're hearing the voice of God and we're loving God and uh, we know that we trust God will come through. But uh, when the time was coming closer and closer to that date, we're getting worried because uh, in 2008 winter and 2009, beginning of 2009, the Vancouver and Seattle uh, was hit with a biggest snowstorm in 70 years. This year was bad, but that year was really bad too. And between Seattle and Vancouver Airport, there were about 5,000 people camping out in the, in the airport. As you can tell, uh, the standby, standby tickets are always uh, been overridden by the revenue passenger. People who pay, they get to go first. I remember standing in the line of uh, Vancouver Airport um, there were thousands of people and everyone is saying, Peter, there's no way you can make it. You guys are on standby. But uh, at the end of, the, end of uh, uh, it, the flight was 3 o'clock and by the time when we got to the gate, uh, it was about 3.15. And there were a lot of people wait, waiting for the uh, airplane and the uh, Flight agent, um, gate agent, uh, call, calls me and says, uh, are you Peter Yang? I said, yes, where were you? And I said, oh, we were caught at the uh, security. And says, you sit down. And then uh, she looks at other people and says, uh, folks, uh, there will be no more standby passengers today. Uh, please try again. And then there's about 20, 30 people standing up and very disappointed they're walking away. And uh, after everyone goes in, uh, she calls Mr. Yang and Party of Five, uh, please come. So we go, and she gives me tickets, and then uh, I walk into the uh, airplane. And I'm trying to turn right, and then uh, the flight attendant goes, oh, sir, uh, you got to go to your left. Oh, left is usually business class. And I look at my uh, ticket, 
and all our family's ticket is 1A, 1C, 1D, all on the first class row. And as I'm sitting down, the Lord is saying to me, Peter, when you love me and when you walk in in, in love relationship with me, I'm going to go all the way with you in first class. Not necessarily in, you know, uh, airplane only, but uh, in your life journey. So I always tell people, the first front rows are business class. When you come to church, try to sit in the front. And you get lots of blessing. And God will speak to you more than the people in the back. Uh, So I challenge you to walk in that intimacy and walk in that love relationship with God. God can do so much more in your life. So that's, that's what you do. You know, uh, God, in Acts chapter 1-8, it says, when the Holy Spirit comes onto you, that's the first thing. When you go, don't try to go out with your own strength. That's what I did for about 15 years of my life in the ministry. And that is hard. And sometimes it goes successful. It goes very successful. And you get all the glory when you go with your strength. But when you go with the Holy Spirit's strength, you give all the glory to God. And then He will send us to everywhere. And He says, we'll go to Jerusalem. That's our city. Bothell, Seattle, or to our people. And then all Judea. That's all over the country. And you guys go to missions to Mexico and other places. But you can come to Monroe. We're only 40 minutes away. And we go to Samaria. Where is Samaria? People that you are afraid, that, uh, that are forbidden, or that we don't usually associate with. You know, our students, many of them speak English at all. But we go to our neighbors, and we bless them. We pick up trash in their yard, and we pray for them. And some of our neighbors, they don't speak English. They're Hispanic. And we bless them. And then uh, to the ends of the earth. Where is your the end of the earth? You know, for the longest time, my the end of the earth was North Korea. As I was growing up in South Korea, I was taught to hate North Korea. And when I thought it was the end of the earth, then God sent you to that nation. So remember, when you fall in love with God, uh, you want to do what God wants you to do. Husband and wives, when you love one another, you yield to someone, uh, the, your spouse's request or things that they like to do. And same thing. When you fall in love with God, you do what God wants you to do. So how do we get there? By falling in love with God. Fall in love with God today. And God will do amazing things through you. Well, we are, uh, maybe you can show the picture of our base. Uh, This is the Google map. Uh, We have about 13 acres in Monroe, Washington. And uh, uh, YWAM uh, exists to make disciples who will strive to know God and make Him known. And uh, we do it by uh, just uh, studying the Word of God and having an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and trying to have a missional lifestyle every day. We eat simple, we live simple, 
and we try to devote our energy into just blessing the nations. And we have 13 acres, and we don't have a, a lot of manpower. And if you want to volunteer and partner in missions with us, come. We need a lot of help. This is uh, yeah, only 30 minutes from um, here. So come and help out. You can do missions by cutting grass or uh, trimming trees. You guys go in Mexico and do that, build houses, right? You can do it right here in Monroe. You can <laughs> partner, right? So that's my challenge to you. We go to the nations. This year we go to Russia and Japan. Um, in the first service, we had a North Korean lady who's taking DTS with us. And she left Korea, uh, North Korea uh, because she was hungry. But after being in South Korea, China and South Korea, she is here she, as she's being trained. She says, God was so good to me. I want to share God's love with the people. And we have uh, some of our uh, students from Germany, Canada, and Japan, and Can- uh, U.S. and, and uh, South Korea. Uh, just be friends with them. Invite them over to your home. And uh, hear their testimonies. They have amazing testimonies. So that's my challenge to you. In Philippians chapter 1, Apostle Paul says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what is your life goal? The Lord is saying, come, let's fall in love with each other. That's my challenge to you and all of you and me today. Let's uh, pray together.